This is Localization Today, a podcast from Multilingual Media, covering the most relevant daily news in the language industry. Five Strategies for African Publishers Language Equals Knowledge The role of a publisher in the dissemination of thought cannot be overemphasized, and the immortalization of one's literary work is a dream of every writer. For a second, just imagine if publishers didn't exist, knowledge would be a scarce commodity. Publishers are not just business gurus, but important agents of change who advance society by sharing meaningful ideas. As cultural entrepreneurs, they contribute to the visibility of culture and the establishment of a language through the knowledge products and books they publish. Moreover, the health and vitality of a language are not just influenced by the number of speakers, but also by the number of writers and publishers. The spoken word can easily be forgotten and fade away, but the written word lasts longer. Writing is the most ancient method of preserving knowledge for contemporary and future generations. As such, publishers of books are contributing to the immortalization of not just the knowledge of which books are written, but also of the language and medium through which that knowledge is communicated. Thus, the preservation of a language largely hinges on the trinity, speakers, writers, and publishers. Therefore, when it comes to the promotion of African languages, the number of people able to write and publish regularly in those languages is also key. But when one looks at the book industry in Africa, one can easily notice that the number of books published in foreign languages outshines those published in regional languages. It's easier to find a Shakespeare in Africa than a Gigi Wathiongo. This is sad, yet true. The reality calls for a more strategic and holistic valorization of African languages through any possible medium, especially in education and publishing. African publishers should bet more on writers who write in African languages. During an interview with world-renowned Kenyan writer Thiongo, Nanda Disu, a Congolese-Hungarian journalist, inquired why there are still not enough books in African languages. Disu indicated that it all goes back to the dominance of English and other European languages. It reflected the reality that African publishers are less likely to take a chance on writers who write in their native language. In his response, Gigi said, getting published is one of the most infuriating challenges of writing in African languages. There are hardly any publishing houses devoted to African languages. So writers in African languages are writing against great odds, no publishing houses, no state support, and national and international forces aligned against them. Literary awards such as the Nobel, Commonwealth Literature, and even the Africa-centric Noma prizes rarely go to writers in African languages that are, after all, spoken by the majority of Africans. Prizes are often given to promote African literature, but on the condition that the writers don't write in African languages. Many African writers can write in African languages but are afraid of not getting published. This obstacle, if removed by publishers, will encourage writers to write more in African languages, which will contribute to an influx of African-language literary works. Gigi Wathiongo remains a global African writer who has consistently challenged the status quo by using Gikuyu as his written language of choice, and he even asks his publisher to wait for two years before releasing the English translations of his books to give Kenyan readers more time to discover the story in the original language. The publishers are not always with me on this policy, he said.
At Kabad, we believe this will ultimately promote African languages and increase the lifespan of the languages used. And to make that possible, we have discounted prices and special offers for African publishers or writers who want to translate their books or writings from any European-slash-Asian languages to an African language. Creating more dedicated publishing houses focused exclusively on African languages. One radical, but costly, decision that can be made by publishers is to either institutionalize publishing houses, or at least introduce an in-house unit that focuses only on the publication of content in African languages. This is a sacrificial and financial risk. However, for the greater cause of promoting and preserving African languages, it is worth the price. In light of paying the price, there are some initiatives working tirelessly to support African language publishing. An example of an initiative that focuses on publishing in African languages is Write Publish Read, in collaboration with the African Languages Association of South Africa, which aims to give unpublished local writers of indigenous language fiction the chance to be published digitally in their home language by way of a self-published starter kit. This enables anyone to read these texts if they have access to a mobile phone or any other digital device. Another is the Children's Book Project in Tanzania, which seeks to improve literacy skills amongst schoolchildren and encourage a reading culture in the country. It also focuses on equipping libraries with quality reading and learning materials, including African language materials, and supports the Tanzanian publishing industry to produce quality books for children and young people. In South Africa, NL Ibali is an initiative that promotes reading and writing in mother tongue languages and champions the Reading for Enjoyment campaign to ignite children's interest in storytelling and reading. Publishers' collaboration with initiatives that promote African languages paves the way for the promotion of the languages while making money. We can't expect African languages to grow in preeminence, status, and global influence without being willing to pay the price. If that would require publishing books in African languages with the risk that very few people will purchase them, publishers and governments must be willing to take those risks and consistently promote the publishing in and use of African languages. Increasing the number of books published in African languages is crucial to developing a strong local book economy and reversing the declining trend. For example, in 1981, the vast continent of Africa, with 10% of the world population, produced a meager 2% of the global output of books. A decade later, Africa's share was 1%, with 70% of its books' needs imported. Publishing in African Languages, Challenges and Prospects is a very useful book that explores the trends, problems, and opportunities of publishing in the many and varied languages of Africa from the various perspectives of publisher, writer, and state and raises important themes for you to ponder. Philip Altbach, a specialist on African publishing, makes a strong case for the continuing viability of publishers publishing in African languages and recounts their major problems, dominance by colonial languages of Portuguese, Spanish, English, and French, that are still favored by ruling elites, the high cost of special typography for tonal differences in non-standardized scripts, the political difficulties of privileging one language over another, as in Cameroon, for example. Cross-border linguistic tensions, the limited purchasing power and low literacy rates of readers, and limited markets. These challenges, however, should not be a reason to stop, but an incentive to be more ingenious, strategic, 
and hardworking to ensure that African languages are not only used in present times but also preserved for the next generation. Network with African language translators for the bilingual translation of books. Evidently, myriads of literary works have been written and published by Africans. Most of these literary works written by Africans are in European languages such as English, French, Spanish, and Portuguese and not in African languages. Partnering with African language translators to translate these literary works into African languages will have a greater impact on African readers. Imagine reading Chinua Chebe's Things Fall Apart in Yoruba or Igbo as a Nigerian, you will relate much better than reading it in English because the setting is Nigerian and it is written in a Nigerian language, or imagine reading Grief Child by Lawrence Darmani in any Ghanaian language. The African Language Association of Translators and Teachers is a LinkedIn group that has individuals from across Africa working in African languages as members. Connect with them if you need African language translators. This article by the Executive Director of Muna Kaladi, Christian Along, also presents some initiatives related to the translation of children's books into African languages. Well-known publisher ALU Sao, Editions Gandal, Guinea, suggests that more trans-border co-publishing in African languages, such as Puller across a wide region of West African Francophone, Anglophone, and Lusophone zones, could break down barriers erected by colonial borders. Authorities should stop regarding national languages as dialects, and intellectuals should be more involved in the development of such languages. Organize writing-slash-reading competitions in African languages. Organizing competitions or award schemes is one sure way of getting the masses to participate in a cause. Naturally, human beings are motivated to give their all for a cause when they know there is a reward lying before them. In Ghana, Competitions like the National Science and Maths Quiz, Spelling Bee, Reading, Debate, Sports Competitions, etc., have great crowds and attract many sponsors. By publishers organizing similar competitions, poetry, drama, reading, writing, and storytelling competitions that focus on African languages with amazing incentives, publishers will encourage people, especially the youth, to advance their proficiency in their native languages. For example, let us mention the Safal Cornell Kiswahili Prize for African Literature, which focuses on writing in African languages and encourages translation from, between, and into African languages. The award has a value of $15,000 for its winners. Awards such as this can be organized in each African country, making it a national project that promotes the languages spoken there. Getting political support and collaboration is essential for the success of any nationwide initiative in Africa. Many interesting projects that aimed at boosting the reading culture have drastically failed because government officials were not involved enough, either out of disinterest or lack of strategic partnership. Three or more decades of shameful government neglect of public library services in Africa is another reason why African language publishing is not flourishing. In most African countries, public library services have traditionally been the biggest purchasers of African language titles in the past, but many public library services now operate with pitiful book-buying budgets or new acquisitions have ceased altogether. African government officials usually view book donations from abroad as the most economical method of providing books to their libraries, at no cost to them. 
They do not seem to see a need to provide public libraries with book acquisitions budgets because their national library services are happy to receive regular donations from book aid organizations of the North, which frequently include huge quantities of culturally inappropriate titles. Since everything rises and falls upon leadership, it is therefore critical to always and wisely associate political forces through strategic advocacy. In South Africa, for example, we have the Indigenous Languages Publishing Program, which is a government sectorial priority implemented by the South African Book Development Council. It aims to stimulate growth and development in the book sector, increase Indigenous language publishing, support the ongoing production of South African-authored books in local languages, and assist small and independent publishers to produce quality Indigenous language books. It funds up to 50% of the cost of publishing the books, while the publishers incur the remaining costs. This program, therefore, shares the risks that publishers ordinarily carry on their own when publishing to new markets. Another project is a reprint program of South African classics in indigenous languages. The project, coordinated by the Center of the Book at the National Library of South Africa, has reproduced a total of 68 titles in nine indigenous languages, many of which were no longer available in the public domain. Conclusions and recommendations preserving and promoting African languages is the responsibility of every African, writers, speakers, publishers, and African language teachers. The publisher's role in promoting African engage policymakers to invest in and support more indigenous publishing initiatives languages is indispensable. Aside from increasing publishing in African languages, I also suggest that language policy debate should be depoliticized. There should be incentives to train and deploy more teachers of African languages. Students should have greater choice to be examined in standards of their own languages. The state should assist with translation services, the greatest cost faced by the industry, to facilitate investment by publishers in indigenous languages. Whilst, in the face of Africa's escalating economic and social problems, it is difficult to be overly optimistic about the future of African languages, this is an area where Kabod and others engaged in the processes of teaching, learning, and communication might make a tangible contribution. Christian Elongay is an educator, author, and managing partner of Kabod Group. Sylvain Ogbolo is a language enthusiast and professional, having worked on several translation and language industry fields. This article was originally published on Multilingual Magazine June 2023. Thank you for listening to Localization Today. To subscribe to Multilingual Magazine, go to multilingual.com slash subscribe.